following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, September 29th, 2021, season 17, episode number 30. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Lots of things we got to get into today. We're going to have Bucky Brooks joining us uh, here soon to talk a little bit about the Carolina offense versus the Dallas defense. Uh, but before we get to that, there are lots of topics that we need to talk about specific to uh, guys that have been out, whether, whether it be injury or covid and getting some updates on where they are. Let's start first with the fact that there were no injuries in this game. That's always a bright spot uh, for any team in the NFL, come out of a game with no new injuries. Uh, But there were three guys that we mentioned yesterday on our show. I think we talked about them yesterday, but uh, guys that have been on IR. And I know we talked about it, about the possibility that this would be the week when they could be uh, be taken off uh, off of IR. This was the earliest that they could be. Tell me what's the, the the status, I guess, at this point with Neville Gallimore, Kelvin Joseph, and Sean McCune. A ways away. That was Mike McCarthy's wording yesterday. All of those guys are still probably multiple weeks with an S away from being ready. So they're eligible, but maybe anywhere between, I would say anywhere between two and four, depending on who you're talking about. Mm. The bye week sitting there, so all three. I mean, they got three games to go. I mean, I don't know how they're gonna if they're gonna handle it this way. That they, you know, they won't say this. They won't admit it. They'll, they'll say it's case by case. But yeah. I'm sure that they got three games to go, and then they got the bye week. It makes more sense to just bring a lot of those guys back, so you don't start their. They probably won't start their window, their 21 day window, and where they can start practicing again. I would say until like maybe next week or the week after. That's interesting because I I actually thought. At the worst-case scenario, they at least start the 21 this week, but it sounds like they're not even ready to really practice at this point. So, Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, it's always a guesstimate. But if you remember when, especially Neville, and I think he's besides, well, Kelvin's probably the one people care the most about, which Kelvin suffered his injury the latest in camp. I mean, he did that during the final preseason game, groin injury. Donovan Wilson probably going to miss another game with his groin injury. So you think about, I mean, that is it's a substantial injury, especially for a guy that runs as much as a DB. Um, so I think that tracks. And then Neville, they said at the time, you're probably talking about eight weeks. Now that was mid August, what, 14th, probably, that they played that game in Arizona. So it's been about five or six. So, again, you're talking two or three more weeks before before that's probably realistic. Catch me up on a couple guys that missed last week's game, Dorrance Armstrong, Carlos Watkins. You already mentioned Do- uh, Donovan Wilson. Yes. Um, good question. I, uh, I would think Carlos Watkins may be more of a, more of a shot, um, but just because we're talking like I think it's a sprained knee. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done some work out here, uh, even on the side field when they were practicing, and it looks like he's you know working okay with with the trainers. Uh, the injury is a high ankle sprain on Dorrance. That's what I was gonna like. Nothing about or- Dorrance's injury makes me think that it's a one week thing, right? But then you're saying like it's a multiple. Yeah, like he's gonna well, be gone for a while. I'll say this. I remember when I, when I talked to Stephen Jones 
last week, I guess it was before this game. He didn't he didn't want to rule him out just yet. He didn't right. think they would be there. So that being said, you know it may be something that 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 you know Dorrance could kind of get back into it. I mean, I, it's so weird because it's like if you're just inactive. Like just a straight inactive, it seems like that doesn't happen anymore because it's like if, if it's if it's more if it's even a hint at an IR for more like three weeks, they'll just put you on IR, yeah. get you the roster spot. So, I was about to say that like if Dorrance's injury because an ankle sprain, you think I mean Sean McEwen sprained his ankle and he's not coming back anytime soon. And again, that so an ankle sprain can be as much as six weeks. So if it was severe, you'd think they'd just put him on IR because right. of the rules. Um, I still think I'd bet against him being ready for this game, but maybe he can be back for right. uh, the Giants game. Yeah, that's what I kind of think about is basically you got a three-week period. If it's an injury more than three weeks, you're better off putting him on IR. So I just assume it's a much lesser yeah. injury if they're not put on IR these days. That's a, that's a safe assumption, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's talk about the COVID guys. you got Keanu, Neal. They're both Neal. still out. They're still on, the, still on the COVID protocol. No changes. Uh, nobody's been added to it. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, Neil went on the COVID protocol. It was like Wednesday. Yeah. It was Wednesday. But he didn't test positive until later, right? Right. Yeah, he hadn't tested positive, I think, until like maybe th- Friday or so. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you're right. There was a period where he was just a close contact. Right. So that might be what's prolonging that. So we'll just have to keep an eye on and it. And other things. Yeah. Well, that. Just because he's got different rules than other people. Right. Yeah. Which is the. Can I, I say that? The, I don't know. I guess you, you did. So did. <laughs> he does. He has different rules. Um, All right. So keep an eye on it. It's. It's. <laughs> yep. Okay. It's only Wednesday. It's only Wednesday. So uh, it feels. It feels later than. I mean, I don't know what it feels like anymore. I just want to get. I can't wait. Sunday to Sunday. To I know Sunday. they don't play on a non-Sunday again until Thanksgiving, and I'm jacked about it. But okay. we got three weeks to go here. That it should be somewhat normal. Yeah, and then, and then you a got a bye week. week. Which a bye week? Okay, fine. Still, we'll still normal. Yeah, who's mad about that? Yeah, no, no one's mad about. No, it. I'm just it's saying just, like the schedule. I'm just yeah, talking about a regular schedule where we know what time we're going to be able to do things. I think and... the schedule is going to be relatively the same. Hopefully, hopefully, until Thanksgiving. That's David Moore started the press conference today by saying. It's like if you count preseason, y'all have played eight games, and this will only be the second one that's been played on a Sunday. I'm just like, oh my god, or maybe the third. The yeah. Jaguars game was yeah. a Sunday, yeah. but I'm just like, jeez, let's yeah. get into some routine here. I know it's kind of hard. All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a, an early break. We got uh, Bucky Brooks coming up to join us. Uh, he'll get uh, give us some insight on the Carolina offense versus the Dallas defense, particularly what they're gonna do without their star player Christian McCaffrey. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. 
Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Download the official app of the Dallas Cowboys to get access to in-market game broadcasts, mobile tickets, daily podcasts, live pregame and postgame shows, game updates, and more. Download in the app or Google Play stores. Cowboys app. Make sure you do that. Welcome back to the second segment of the yeah, break live sure from the SWBC that. Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, yeah, real quick, I wanted to mention on that on the uh, the app. If you haven't downloaded that, then get it. But also make sure if you have downloaded that and haven't gotten the connected TV app, make sure you do that as well. It is a great app to be able to have on your television, especially on the weekends for our pre and post game shows. It's an opportunity for you to be able to watch uh, that uh, from your couch as you're before and after the Cowboys games. It's the only place you're going to get real live in the moment pre-game and post-game analysis of the Dallas Cowboys about everything that happens in the game uh, before and after. So make sure you check that out. Uh, you can get that on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire. All right, we're joined right now by our our uh, weekly guest, uh, Mr. Bucky Brooks from NFL Network. Bucky, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. Let's talk a little bit about this Carolina offense. Uh, I want to start with Sam Darnold. He's having, uh, as far as statistically, uh, he's having probably the best season of his career. Uh, right now, he is, uh, he's at 232 yards per game. Uh, that was what he, I'm sorry, that's what he did in 2019. Now it's 296 yards per game. Uh, an interception percentage that was at 2.9% back in 2019, now at 21. I'm sorry, 0.9% in 21. Um, he is just playing much better than what he was doing uh, before with the Jets. What's the biggest reason for his improvement this year relative to what he's done pretty much throughout his career? Uh, one, he has advocates that want to see him do well. And so the Panthers made a concerted effort to make sure that they've done everything to give him an opportunity to succeed. The offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, has taken – uh, things that work really well with Sam and put those things into play, whether it's movement passes, bootleg passes, some RPO game, some design quarterback runs or read options. They have taken things that maybe even had a collegiate slant to it and given it to Sam so he can flourish. He also is around a better team. This is a team that has better weapons on the outside than he had in New York. And so when you have Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, uh, that can catch passes. You have Christian McCaffrey, who was in the backfield commanding attention. He has not had to necessarily be the primary playmaker. He's just been able to play kind of point guard, just pass it to the open guy and allow those guys to go do work. And he still is victimized by the bonehead decision. But 
overall he's playing really good football because everything around him is much better than it was at his previous location. Well, if he's going to play point guard, who's he who's he going to be passing the ball to? I mean, other than I know DJ Moore, but with Christian McCaffrey out, who's going to, the guys he's going to be leaning on this week? I mean, they look they're they're a talented group, and they're trying to figure out a way to kind of make it work without Christian McCaffrey. But DJ Moore has been fine. Robbie Anderson has been a big time playmaker. Uh, they occasionally get some contributions from Ian Thomas and Tommy Trumbull, but it's really a collective and collaborative effort. A lot of what they've been able to do is really take advantage of the defense. If the defense is over aggressive, you see him come out the back door with the movement passes. Remember, he has two 300-yard games. And so even though I would say that maybe the Panthers haven't really tested him or they haven't played anybody, I mean, they, they're a pretty good team and they look good on offense. And he certainly is playing well as a result. Okay, Bucky, obviously I have to take an opportunity to plug the 2019 LSU football team. Like, why would I not do that? But I, I, did, I, think it, I think it pertains to this, though, because Joe Brady was the offensive coordinator for that team, and a super underrated part of that offense was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire being able to do a little bit of everything. I mean, he, he, was, he was great in pass pro. He could run the ball, and he just dropped out of the backfield all the time and presented an easy target if Joe Burrow didn't have anybody. That obviously describes Christian McCaffrey very, very well. He have he's got 16 catches through two games in a quarter. I guess my question is: Is a versatile running back as important to Joe Brady in the pros as it was in college? And can Chuba Hubbard do that as well, or do they kind of have to reinvent this thing? I don't know if they have to reinvent it, but I mean, Chuba Hubbard will get first crack at it, and so they'll give him every opportunity to touch the rock, and he'll catch it. He'll run it. He's a big play player. He played in the Big 12 at Oklahoma State, and so he has some ability. Uh, Matt Rule knows him well, having played against him, and he said, like, those memories kind of were one of the reasons why they made it a point to get him. Uh, Royce Freeman is backing him up. Royce Freeman is a guy that played at Denver for a few years, but it never really popped for him. But he's a big-time running back at Oregon. He can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So I don't think they have to necessarily change the offense. They just have to change the distribution where does the ball go? So those 20 to 25 touches that used to go to Christian McCaffrey, how do we divvy up that pie so that we can keep the team balanced but everybody's happy not getting too much too soon? DJ Moore uh, leads this team in receptions at 22 uh, and has, also leads them in receiving yards at 285. Um, I assume he is their biggest weapon outside of McCaffrey and obviously will need to be that with McCaffrey out. If you're the Cowboys defensive coordinator, how do you go about trying to defend DJ Moore knowing that he is their biggest weapon? I mean, he is their biggest weapon, and a lot of it depends on what do you feel like about Robbie Anderson? Because Robbie Anderson is a guy that can really take the top off and make big things happen. So what do you want to concede? Are you willing to concede some chain-moving throws, or do you want to completely take the big play element out of the mix? I believe with DJ Moore, maybe you mix in some double coverage in brackets, but look, man, he's, he's a good player, but he's not quite Keenan Allen level and some of the other guys that they face. So I think you kind of play it straight initially, and then if it's one of those situations where he's beginning to have his way, then you kind of interject and you go back and play uh, some of your normal stuff. You know, the last two weeks, the Cowboys have benefited. And of course, they, they've had the injuries and stuff, stuff happening on their own defensive end. But, but the last two weeks, they've benefited from an, a starting lineman on the opposing team being out, the uh, Chargers and the Eagles. What does the tackle situation look like for the Panthers? And do you think the Cowboys can – there'll be an advantage for them again? 
Well, I mean, Cameron Irving is someone that you want to attack. Like he's mm. um, definitely vulnerable at left tackle. So uh, <laughs> considering his struggles and knowing about that, like that's where the game plan has to start. Um, can you attack Sam Donner off his backside? Can you make him uncomfortable? Uh, Matt Paredes at center is another one that you can go at a little bit. Um, this isn't like an A-level offensive line. And so there are opportunities that, were go- that are going to present themselves. Clearly. And so I think you can attack him a few different a few different ways, but uh, I'm starting at the left tackle and I'm working from there. Obviously, I, I got to if, if it makes sense, I got to ask you about our draft guys. And I can't help but notice Car- you mentioned him briefly, but Carolina started this week out by trading Dan Arnold for a cornerback. Is that just because they have that desperate of a need at corner without J.C. Horn? Or is Tommy Trimble, I mean, do you think that they have designs on how good he could be? Because I got, I saw a little bit of the, the Houston game, and he's a hell of an athletic player. Do you think maybe his role, they have in mind that he's capable of, of having a larger role, I guess? Uh, it's a couple of different things. I think, one, they do like Tommy Trimble. They want to give him an opportunity to get on the field and make things happen. But there's a fascination in the building with C.J. Henderson. And so they wanted um, – to be able to pick up a guy who was a first-round pick, they got him for nothing. Like, it didn't really yeah. cost him anything. So they got a, another young, dynamic player. And if you look at the Panthers' defense, and we'll talk about them tomorrow, but this defense is young, fast, athletic, and so they can grow together. And so one thing in talking to Matt Rule, they want to be as fast as they can on that side of the ball. So then you add C.J. Henderson with J.C. Horn. When he returns with Dante Jackson, I mean, now you have a four-by-one track team in the back end to go with the other fast guys they have in Brian Burns and Shaq Thompson and Jeremy Chin. So it's part of, yeah, we had a need, but no, we got a chance to upgrade our lineup, so let's go upgrade it. Yeah, it's amazing to me, and I don't know if you, if you can give more color to this, but I, I just I can't even understand how in any situation a young cornerback that was drafted that high gets traded for a basically tight end in a third round pick i mean that just seems very lopsided to me what am i missing on that well what you're missing there were some things that was going on with cj henderson uh down in jacksonville where uh he had kind of i won't say he disappeared but he disappeared for maybe a few days a couple weeks down there where he was trying to work out and sort through some things and so the -hmm. clock was always ticking on him down there in terms of where he would fit. And whenever you get a new regime and a new head coach mm-hmm. and the head coach didn't draft you, you were subject to be on the first plane out of town if things aren't going well. And so when the team starts out 0-3, they have a draft pick. Campbell, they- I think we might have oh, lost lose, Bucky there for a second. Signal. Yeah, it's actually to Go upgrade and get better. So it was just a thing where Urban comes in. He's not necessarily his guy. They have some guys that they drafted, so it was a chance for them to get better, so they took advantage of the opportunity. We're joined by Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. I did have one more question from you, particularly to the uh, the Dallas defense. Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs has three interceptions in three games, uh, obviously playing really well for Dallas. Um, how good is he from a national standpoint? If you look at him relative to other cornerbacks around the good around the league, how good do you think he is? And here's the more important question. Where does he still have room to grow? Did we lose him? Oh, He's speechless. <laughs> I mean, it's how good he's been playing. You know what? Yeah. Uh, you know, here's the thing. He, he'll probably come back on in a second. But uh, 
I got an email from from Bucky. We got five bucks is an article that he writes. Yeah, and uh, he actually wrote about uh, Trayvon Diggs. Okay, so give me what he, he said. said about he's an elite playmaker. He said, I don't know if the Cowboys coaching staff expected Diggs to come in and be a premier cover corner in year two, but the young playmaker deserves consideration as one of the premier players at this position. Bam. Boom. I don't know how you argue with it after right. to this point in the season. He's I mean, got yes. this. Oh, there he is. He's back. There you are, Bucky. Actually, hey. Bucky. Well, go ahead, Nick. I was just saying, since, since we lost you for a second, I read your portion of Five Bucks where you talked about Trayvon <laughs> Diggs being an elite playmaker, and he's got the swagger of an all-pro. I mean, look, man, it doesn't take long to figure out that he has it dialed in. And I don't know what the secret sauce is. I don't know if it's Joe Witt and Dan Quinn full of, pumping him full of confidence. But he's a much different player than he was his rookie year. And yeah, there were some injuries and some other stuff. But the guy that showed up and played on Monday night is the one that I, I don't even imagine that the Cowboys thought that they would be getting. Someone who is long, athletic, someone who can play off or travel, can do whatever it is that you want to do, and he can make plays. The fact that he's a former wide receiver, that certainly helps because he can catch the ball. But as this team is playing that C-ball, get-ball defense, I mean, he has exploded. And I don't think people talked enough about the job that they did on Keenan Allen. Mm -hmm. Keenan Allen is an N1 mixtape street ball legend. You cannot (laughs) stay in front of him when he is at the line of scrimmage. And so the fact that he was able to take on the traveling, I mean, he is – he like that was a big thing for Trayvon Diggs to be able to do it. Then to come back and to jump a route against Devontae Smith, who he knows well, Jalen Hurts. To me, it seems like everything is coming together. The athleticism, the technique, the instincts, the ball skills, all of that's coming together. And I don't know if there's a corner playing better than him at this point. And that's talking about Yari Alexander and Jalen Ramsey and all those other guys. You can begin to put him in that conversation. Oh, wow. Based on the way that he has played, what do you think? Real quick, what do you think his uh, his greatest area is right now for growth at this point? I just think with with more experience comes expertise. I think the main thing, the, the difference with those guys that I talk about is a level of consistency. Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey shows up every week, and you know what you're getting. What you would like to do if you're the Cowboys is to know that each and every week, number seven is going to take care of business on the island, whether we're traveling whether we're lining up playing right and left, that he just lines up and goes and plays. And so he has played so well that, to me, I'm just like, man, what has unlocked? I know in the offseason he worked with his brother. You can see those highlights and stuff, but this dude is real. I mean, he is he is as real as they come. And for the Cowboys to get him in the second round, when people talked about him being a first-rounder, he's playing like a top-ten player regardless of what he came, when he came into the league. All right, Bucky, man, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow and have you uh, talk a little bit more about this Carolina defense that you mentioned a little earlier. Fast defense. We'll see how they match up with the Cowboys offense. We're going to take our final break and come back. We'll also have some conversation here about this Dallas defense. When we come right back, this is DallasCowboys.com radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run Package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. 
Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Be the first to receive new offers, event info, and more when you sign up to receive text messages from the team. Text COWBOYS to NFLDAL. That's 635-325 to receive 10% off your next pro shop order. Message frequency may vary. Message and data rates may apply. I just wanted to – I think you have to read it that fast. If you say it like that, yeah. right, you have to say, like, message frequency may apply. you got to read the fine print like this. Right. Yes, because you've been listening to a lot of that kind of stuff. That's just over the years you learn that from listening to radio and that kind of stuff. Right? And commercials and commercials. stuff like that, yeah. yeah. Like, they say all this important stuff, and they say, oh, by the way, it's going to cost $24.99 a month. You sound very, very professional, Nick. Very good. Is that shade? No, <laughs> sounds very good. Sound very Mickey, I heard Mickey Spagnola use the term shade yesterday, and now Nick what is we happening. Just, we're, we're, oh, we're, we're just that's when we know that we're word has already been retired. And oh yeah, it's not cool anymore. Right, you say that. Got to find a new. Yeah. Got to find some new slang. Yeah. All right, welcome back. Final segment of the Break Life in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're going to talk a little bit about the defense. I want to do a little deep dive here on a couple questions about the defense. I'm going to start first with the fact that this defense, if you look at them and watch them play, I think uh, I'll speak for myself. My opinion of them is probably even higher than what the statistics say they are relative to the rest of the league. I think they're playing phenomenally. But when you look at the numbers, they're ranked 26th in uh, in overall yards. They're ranked 31st in passing yards allowed. Uh, but the most important stat, they're number one in the league in takeaways with eight. My question for you guys are, is, are takeaways the biggest difference between 2021 and 2020 for this defense? And if so, is that sustainable? First of all, no. It's not the biggest difference. I mean, that it, it you cannot undersell how bad they were last year, just in terms of the type of plays they gave up. I mean, they got gashed on the ground. They lost receivers in the passing. I mean, we just finished week three. Think back to week three last year when Tyler Lockett had 120 yards and three touchdowns at halftime of that Seattle game and would have had uh, an extra touchdown if Trayvon Diggs hadn't punched the ball out at the goal line. I mean, the type of stuff that they were giving up. No, it wasn't just that they weren't getting takeaways. They were just awful. 
Um, and so that it's striking because I, I think I said this yesterday. They still seem to have a problem with chunk plays. Right. Like I don't. I don't care about yards per game. I think that's an outdated way of looking at how good or bad you are. Because what happens in the context? Are you allowing touchdowns? Are big plays going for six, or are you stopping it and then rallying? That type of stuff. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why they're a lot better than last year. They I also, do still think they have a problem with chunk plays, though. Right. They also seem to have a, just a better understanding of, of what they're doing. I know that that one touchdown there in the game where they got lost and, and all that. But for the most part, Dan Quinn, I think, has done an amazing job of, of two things. You know, you hear it all the time. Well, they're going to simplify it for the players. Well, if they're simplifying it for the players, what do you think Joe Brady and offensive coordinators are also doing? If it's that simplified for these guys, he's got a, Dan Quinn's done a great job of making it something that's very relatable to these guys, but still exotic in another way. I mean, think Micah Parsons is flying all over the place and lining up in different spots, which means other players are lining up in different spots, and it's working out so far. He's got he's he's getting these teams to kind of be confused. But yet the players, for the most part, don't seem to be confused in what they're doing. So maybe that extra preseason game, which an extra week of training camp and stuff like that, we all complained about it in our own ways. But I think it might have helped because they really needed to be on the field to learn those things. I'll change this question. Do you think that the most important thing that they're doing is taking the ball away? Well, I just picked them up on my fantasy team. I'm just going to tell you that. Because of, Because they, they, they get points. They, they get points. They get, they get points. They're getting did turnovers. Too. Did you really? <laughs> and I did too, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now, that just, now, they're not starting, but I got them. I picked them up, and I'm kind of holding just You have you know, a backup defense? defense? What is this, no, amateur hour? No, we do two defenses. We Why? do two of every position. Oh, you play two defenses? No, play one defense, uh, but you got you can have two of every position. That's a At least wasted, two of every position. That's a wasted your, bench spot for me. Well, but you couldn't use it for something else. It has to be a defense like oh it, okay. you have to have that's two, weird oh. you have to have two kickers you have to have four oh. Oh. running backs oh. and receivers that. like I just, a lot. Okay. I just it also makes it to where cut and like, add a defense every week based on what who, the matchup is who they're playing yeah who are the jets now, that's actually not a bad way to do it that's actually not bad. anyway um and, and also when you look at the, the, who the cowboys are playing the next few games yeah i mean i still i, I get it carolina's you know they're three and but I, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't go out and play well and yeah. all that. And, and you got the Giants coming in. You got That's the rookie the quarterback sure, yeah. in, in New England. I mean, they haven't figured it out over there in New yeah, England yet right. either. So you know the Cowboys have favorable matchups here, and they're taking yeah. the ball away, and they're going get they're getting sacks. It doesn't really matter who it is. I mean, they're they're getting after them. So yeah. the, the answer to your question is absolutely, and that okay. it's scary because. Turnovers, turn, turnovers and takeaways scare me because there's there's no rhyme or reason to yeah. it really. I mean, some teams are good at it, but like nobody nobody really has an answer for why you're not getting them when you don't, and nobody has a great answer for why you are, other than probably confidence, just being confident in the scheme, knowing where you're supposed to be, and having a history of like, well, we've done this before, like we can make these types of plays. No way, and, and I, I do think that's important, especially. First three weeks of the season, a lot of new players on this defense. You're still feeling things out, and you're getting these types of results. That's really, I think that's really important because you already like they should already feel confident. Like, yeah, this thing works when we're on the screws, and so it can get better. Now, do I think it's realistic to think they're going to do eight in three games all through the season? I mean, what's the math on that? Mm -hmm. So eight divided by three is like two and a half. So they're going to have 36 takeaways this year. I don't, that yeah. would be 
that would blow the best mark for the time that I've been it's here out of the water. A lot more than that, really, when you think about 17-game schedule. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can't do math on I, the fly. Yeah. Me either. But yeah. it was so much easier when it was 16. Then, you know, at the four-game mark, Four. you can yeah. just – yeah, now it's – yeah. So yeah. I do I think it is sustainable at this level? Probably not. Like, there, there will be some two- and three-game droughts. But for them to be doing it this consistently this early – while they're still kind of getting used to everything, I think that's really encouraging. Especially as, especially when you were to say, any team, any team in the league, hey, our best pass rusher is going to be out. Mm-hmm. He's going to be out for a while. And then in a one game, our top two pass rushers are going to be out. We're going to have to figure this out and, and move some people around and all that. You know, this is why you keep the linebackers, you know, that, that, that they did. I mean, they, they kept the depth there. And one of those other points that we didn't talk, we didn't ask Bucky about it, but one of the points that he made is that it's time to give Jalen Smith his props. He's playing really well, based off of expectations, but he's still he's done a nice job and he's helped. This is going to sound mean, and I really don't mean it to. Jalen Smith is a serviceable player right now. Still, probably not living up to the size of that contract. But not I mean, living up. Yeah. Yeah, but that's okay. Not not probably. You're right. Yeah. He's not living up to it, but. For where we were a month ago, thinking like, do they have to cut this guy? How are we gonna like? And what I'm, are you gonna do with him? And I'm not trying to 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 say anything bad about this guy because he he's a good leader too. But I mean, you could you could argue that D Law does is not living up to the contract. You can argue that because it is such a huge number. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is he is still your best player. He's your best pass rush, and he does stat he does things that aren't in the stat sheet. So that's why it's kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. You can't just go off sacks with him. But, I mean, $21 million a year is a big, big number. And, you know, you would have liked to see a little bit more production too. But he does help. I think with this defense, God, I want to see him with a oh, Dan Quinn defense. That's, Man, yeah. and that's, this could be nasty with I, him. I, I don't even – I can't judge DeMarcus for breaking his foot. You know, like right. it, it's oh, yeah. like, well, he's not he's not giving you return on investment. Yeah, he, got, he, broke, a, he broke bones in his foot. He can't yeah. play. I, so I really meant last year. No, but. sure, sure. I mean, since he signed that deal, even he's been so much better than a lot of people want to give him credit for, still probably not living up to that number. That's fair. But right – is, is Zeke, you know – well, but this is I know, I'm just saying I, I, I my point like is a lot of these players where they get a deal, it's hard. It's yeah. it's hard to, to do it. I don't know that you can name a lot of players around there, around the, even around this league that get mega deals that you think after they get the deal, oh yeah, they're living up to that because That's at the point. time it's like they they're being paid like the the best player, the top player at their position, which means if they're not playing as the top player at their position, it's not in people's minds. They're not playing up to the deal. I don't want to get into the weeds on this because it's a separate conversation. But I can think of a lot of guys. I mean, Miles Garrett, uh, Aaron Donald. Like nobody's questioning why Aaron Donald's making that money. What about the guy out there in Chicago? You think they're loving him right now? Like I don't know that he's doing what they would expect of a guy that's making the kind of money he's making. I haven't watched Khalil Mack this year, but I just think the Bears' problems go so far beyond what Absolutely, he's doing. Absolutely, but that doesn't matter. As we know, that doesn't matter when you're making the big money. Sure. It doesn't matter how the team's playing. It's, are you doing something Which, that's making me think you're the best in the league? I wouldn't make an investment in a player like that unless I had my quarterback situation settled. I think that's the lesson yeah. that I learned there is because then you're just wasting money on guys that, like, an elite defense in 2021 is not enough to get you where you want to go. It's just not. Not if not if you're awful on offense. You can do it it's with it very hard. Yeah. yeah. You got to like we've said a hundred times. You got to start doing. You got to do something great. And this this team, this Cowboys team, 
has got a great offense now that that is showing, and, and they had it. We saw the makings of it last year, but I think what what's happening more than anything is that they will they will do anything. They will play any kind of style. Those styles make fights. They talk about with boxing. They will slug it out. They'll dance around the ring all day if you want. They'll do anything you want. I'll run it up the middle all these times. I'll run it to the outside. We'll throw it fifty times. Any way you want to play it, we'll play it that way, and we'll play it better. And honestly, I think that's the reason why the defense is what it is. I think this defense, in my opinion, all they had to do was be an opportunistic defense. They didn't have to be great. And I think that's what you're seeing. They're getting takeaways, and more importantly, they're getting takeaways at opportune moments. They are stopping them in the red zone, mm-hmm. which, which, which matters. I was going to say that before we kind of got derailed is – if they keep doing this, if they are reliably getting one to three takeaways a game, I think in the offseason we were like, all they got to do is be mediocre, mm-hmm. middle of the pack. If they're doing this, they can be 25th in total defense. Right. And I'm, Doesn't matter. Yeah, it won't matter. Go- Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. And matter. that was the whole point I was making with that is that the numbers will tell you that they haven't played great defense, but they're doing what they need to do for this kind of team, for this kind of offense. Right. They've got to be opportunistic and give them as many shots at it as possible because this offense is going to score more times than not. Let me go back to the offense real quick. Uh, Jason Garrett, you know, I'm not taking shots at him, but he would always say, hey, we do what we do. We do what we do, we do and they adjust. And that would work if it's going really well. I think what we're seeing now is we're not doing what we do. We'll do whatever you don't want us to do. And, and, and you're whatever you're not ready for it, and we'll we'll do that. And it's incredible. I mean, like I felt like we came in here every Monday during the disappointing years of the Garrett era, talking about that as like, oh, look at that. When you don't, when you're not better across the board, that doesn't work. And the years that that worked for them, they had incredible offensive lines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 14, they had a guy playing at an MVP level at quarterback. And mm-hmm. in 16, they had that year, arguably the best running back in the league, dictating the pace of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome when you're better across the board. But when you're not, being adaptable is adaptable. a lot of fun and way better. That's, uh, exactly right. so, uh, that's, that's why I go off on these tangents about Kellen Moore, because it's so refreshing. Yeah, I wanted to get one more Kinda question. I wanted, to, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to get one more quick question for you guys on on the matchup this week. We talked a little bit about Trayvon Diggs a little earlier with Bucky. Uh, obviously, he's leading uh, the NFL in pass defenses with six, tied for the league in interceptions with three. Would you use him this week to take away more? More being their best uh, option, would you use him in, in that kind of role where you travel him with him and just kind of try to take him out of the game and force other guys to beat you Say even it, if you got to double them up? I mean, I absolutely feel comfortable with that. If he can do it against Mike Evans and Keenan Allen, those are, I mean, I, and I think highly of DJ Moore. I loved him coming yeah. out of the draft. I think those guys are better than he than DJ Moore. The thing that worries me about that is Robbie Anderson's a deep shot beast. And do you feel comfortable with? Have we seen that? But before? that's where, but yeah, absolutely. From, from Sam Darnold. But that's yes, also where I look at it and say I would rather double him and make sure he doesn't get deep ever. Like. You're never gonna have. You're always gonna have a guy over the top with him, and and I would make sure that that's a mainstay. And then let's say I'm gonna take away DJ Moore with my best defender. Yeah. He might make some plays, but I don't think he's gonna get off. And so to me, that's kind of your best of both worlds. And then who are you gonna beat the Cowboys with? Right? Well, you can also flip it too. You can also say I'll, I'll take him against Robbie Anderson and just shut him down if he can shut him down. And then you maybe you double team DJ Moore. I mean, there, there's different ways to skin the cat. So and that's and, and that, they may maybe will do all of it. I think people lose sight of in the course of a game, you do, you do a, little a little bit of everything. I mean, it's just not as simple as 
this and this yeah. 65 but times. But the only reason I ask that is because I do think maybe for the first time in a very, very long time, oh. Dallas has a corner where they are actually using him like that, where they're saying, you're going to take this guy to the game. Um, A-OK. And, and he's been pretty good at it. A-OK with Trayvon Diggs having that assignment. And yeah, just just bracket Anderson and actually have the safety get over there. Right. Because yeah. that was the problem in New York a couple years ago. To be there. That was the problem yeah. in week one, too. Like. Anthony Brown was supposed to have safety help, and it just didn't get there. So don't make that mistake. I mean, man. just think about what what this team has that we've just talked about in the last five minutes that we haven't had. Adaptable play callers that do like weird and exotic things. Uh, teams that turn the ball over. A defense that gets turnovers. A corner, a shutdown corner that travels with everyone. Great safety help and safety depth. I mean, what's going <laughs> what on here? Right? I don't. I don't know. I'm, I, I mean, when Donovan Wilson comes back. I don't know who the backups are going to be. Yeah, I, I don't either. Hooker, Donovan Wilson. Okay, <laughs> Hooker and Donovan I mean, Wilson. I don't. I, yeah. Donovan Wilson and Malik Hooker will probably be your backups to yeah. J. Ron Curse and Kazi, even though they're all going to play. There's there's years where those two backups would have easily started yeah. and been really good upgrades. Yeah. So safety depth. I mean, that's that's what is that? It's everything. It, right it, now. it it. I can't. I can't wrap my brain around it. I, I think the J. Ron Curse signing and what has happened here is one of the more underrated things that we haven't talked about a lot. I mean, this guy's leading the team in tackle or mm-hmm. one off. I think he's leading the team in tackles, leading the team in special teams tackles. Nobody really wanted him. Dan Quinn was like, I have a perfect role for him. They brought him in. It, it's been great. And he's got good swag to him. That's, hope I think. That, hope that guy on the Eagles sidelines okay. But I mean, you know, that, that that's like the hardest hit of the night was that kid. The trainer or assistant, yeah. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. Yeah. But other than, I mean, he's physical, you know, and he's he's got he's he, playing with swag. It's it's fun, like it's weird to say about a he was kind of a journeyman before he got here. He's a versatile player. Like he doesn't have one defined role. He might he might not even be considered a starter depending on who's available. But I think he's got some spunk to him mm-hmm. instead of the other word that you usually say there. This too, like if you go look. And I'm not hating on him. Good for you. He gets on Twitter after the games and like he'll go at people that that have something to say. He's or, got a little Cole Beasley. He was talking. He was talking yesterday. But, taller, but a little bit, a little, uh, a lot of bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and not a, not always necessarily in a negative way. Like he was yeah. just he was on Twitter yesterday. Had the conversation and and just like man, I I love being around this team. This team's a lot of fun. And so I wasn't expecting him to be this energetic leadership type of guy, but that seems from the outside at least like what's happening. Like I think he's making a big impact. But he yeah. does fit the mold, and I think this is where you were talking about you can't really always predict how you get turnovers. I do think at some point we got to start talking about the way they constructed this team. They were very, very adamant. We want long, rangy, aggressive-type defensive backs, and they went out and got them in droves. And maybe that's a part of what you're seeing right now is you got those kind of players and they're playing like that in a scheme that really fits for them to be able to be aggressive and use those long limbs to be able to get, get their hands on balls. True. But two of the other guys that are also making plays are not going to win any, any you know, tallest man contests. You know, if, Who's that? Uh, well, I'm talking about Kazee. I mean, Casey. But, but I'm how, talking about how, Jordan how, Lewis. How long is he? How long? Now, not Jordan. Obviously, Jordan is a smaller guy. But I'm talking about, like, that was the thing. Like, Trayvon Diggs isn't a big guy. He's got long arms. And so that's the thing. Like, you talked about We talked about during draft day. Like, all these guys they were bringing in, all of them got, like, limbs. I don't think KZ's got long arms. I don't know. I'm asking. That's that's a question. KZ is an interesting outlier. He doesn't look anything like the rest of them. But he Jaron Curse does. He looks the part. Jaron Curse is (laughs) 6'8". Right. No, but. He looks the part. And I think it's not a coincidence 
the guy Casey being the guy that doesn't fit the rest of this mold is the guy that played for five years with Quinn in Atlanta, mm-hmm. four years, His whatever it was. His nickname is so, like, perfect. Yep. Crazy That's what you Because he yeah. plays that way. He really is. I mean, he he's going to – he's that guy. He reminds me of, of Rocket Ismail in this in this way. Rocket Ismail, every single game at the end of the game was hurt. He, he might have lost it. I mean, he might be out for the game. He just got hurt. He's a little guy that got hit, and, and he was banged up all the time. But he was back the next week, mm-hmm. and, and, and Casey's kind of that way. We've seen him banged up, but he's back in it, playing, making plays. Um, he just kind of has – he just plays with reckless, you know, abandon, really. Yeah. I think it's – this secondary has been attacking opponents through the first three weeks, mm-hmm. like making plays on the ball – curse get i mean mixing it up with the sideline all that type of stuff and i don't want to say i definitely don't want to say like any nfl player is afraid out there but like the secondaries that we've been so used to watching have almost been passive you know mm-hmm. and i think like that was kind of marinelli's idea was like keep him in front of you limit the big plays we'll be okay and so you just never saw that kind of attitude and aggression and just like right. we're going to go take it to you like yeah. we haven't seen that from the dallas That's secondary and that's true history. Yeah. brandon cars and byron jones those guys you know more cover guys stay yep. with them and think about how they were being taught i remember this several years ago they were they were actually the, the techniques they were teaching them were not really attack the ball type techniques they were more like get your hand in between the the, the receiver's arm try to knock the ball out the, the purpose was more to, to to break up the pass than it was to go after the <laughs> ball so it also can be about how you're being taught and what you're being asked to do as a cornerback as well all right we appreciate you guys joining us we'll be back tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, Carolina offense. I'm sorry, the Carolina defense versus the Cowboys offense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!